Hey, Love Tribe, get excited for another great episode with Chase and our special guest. But before we start, I wanted to remind you about our amazing and free 14-day happy couple challenge. I don't know about you, but with the upcoming holidays, I'm feeling this hectic energy and I'm craving some grounding, fun, and meaningful connection with my partner. So whether you've been with your partner for many years and you're needing to mix things up or you're a newly coupled and you're looking to dive in to learn more about each other, the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge is perfect for anyone wanting to deepen their relationship and have fun while doing it. So head on over to our website to sign up. You can start connecting deeper physically and emotionally today over at idopodcast.com slash 14 with our simple, easy, and doable daily challenges arriving straight into your inbox daily. This free 14-Day Challenge will help you break the old habits and build new engaging habits that will push you to create a deeper intimacy with your partner. Sign up today for free for the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge to start strengthening and improving your relationship today. Head on over to idopodcast.com slash 14. That's idopodcast.com slash 14 to sign up for our free challenge today. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Welcome to I Do Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. What's going on, guys? We hope you are having a great day wherever you are listening to this. I always envision people listening to the show like the same way I listen to podcasts, like in the car, doing the, the dishes, move. taking the trash out. <laughs> yeah, all the time. Maybe maybe walk going for a walk. It's always interesting. I wonder if there's some data out there, like where people or how people listen to podcasts the most. Oh, I'm sure there is. Maybe you're in a bubbly bathtub. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Send us an email. Let us know where you listen to I Do Podcasts. We should do a Facebook poll yeah. and see on our page and see where you guys... That's right. Yeah. On Speaking of the page... Make sure if you have group, group, yeah, join the Love Tribe, Love group. Tribe on Facebook. Uh, that's our show's uh, community page where there's all sorts of discussions on each podcast every week. So check that out. And what do they do? Just search Love Tribe, right? Yeah, search uh, actually Love Tribe Fam F A M. If you uh, type that in the groups, it'll come right up, and uh, we'll link to it in the show notes page as well. Awesome. Yeah, check that out and. Uh, we are just hanging out here. We had a busy week of interviews. We've, we're coming on like number seven uh, in the last two days, but it's been great. A lot of great stuff recorded to bring you guys. And today's interview was no different. And that was with Bob Taby. And we talk about 
how to navigate our relationships with the in-laws. I feel like we need like a musical, like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's got such a negative connotation, right. the in-laws. When does everyone, anyone ever say like, yeah, I'm going over to the in-laws, like excitingly. It's like I the do. in-laws. I do. But I know. We're I lucky. A, we're lucky. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, part of this interview and part of the stuff that Bob gives us is that we don't have to, even if they're not the most charming people or you can't relate to them, we don't have to be a victim of that. There's some things that we can do uh, to make it better for our partner or for ourselves. So Bob gives us uh, a lot of great tips for navigating the relationship with our in-laws so it doesn't have to be a dreadful thing in, in that you can make it better and how to how to. Go through it with your partner. So being supportive, um, whichever side you're on, uh, whether you're visiting your own parents or the in-laws. And Bob has over 44 years of experience, so he knows a thing or two. Um, he was a uh, he is a therapist, an author of 11 books and over 300 articles. So Bob uh, knows a thing or two. He 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 works with families a lot. So very pertinent pertinent to uh, today's interview. So uh, check out all these great tips. It's not really the holiday season, but it doesn't doesn't matter because you want to have uh, and cultivate a good relationship with the in-laws. Maybe this will give you enough lead time if you're not going to see until Christmas, but valuable things or or the, the end of the year holidays, valuable things to put into place. Yeah, do exactly what uh, what Bob says in the interview, which is cultivate a relationship with, with your in-laws now so that when the holidays come around, um, you'll have that kind of shared experience that will bring you closer together and allow you to feel like you have a relationship with your in-laws versus just being, you know, there with your partner. Um, so you can kind of build that relationship. Yeah, definitely be proactive. And as always, we appreciate you guys listening. If you are not subscribing, definitely subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening from, in the bathtub, wherever. (laughs) Click that subscribe button. And uh, yeah, enjoy today's show. Hi, Bob. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. I'm happy to be here. We've given our listeners a little overview, told them about your extensive work in the field. Why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself, and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. Sure, sure. I've been in practice uh, coming up on 45 years. So I've been doing this since I was six years old. Uh, <laughs> or it feels like it. Um, a, lot of, a lot of my work has been with couples and families. A lot of it was in community mental health for probably 30 years. Um, I've written uh, several books on just relationships and family and couples therapy. They're used in graduate schools around the country and overseas. Um, and I also write a blog for Psychology Today and been doing that for about 10 years on relationships. And I have a private practice. And then I also travel, travel I go around the country and sometimes internationally doing workshops for mental health professionals on couple and family therapy. Excellent. Well, today's topic is one that I know is going to help probably a vast majority of our listeners out there. And it's kind of a, it's almost a comedic uh, sort of 
genre of relationships that's often played off of in in movies and and uh, other popular media, and that is getting along uh, with our in-laws and how we can yep. better do that in uh, as an individual and as a couple. So why don't we start off by talking about some of the problems that inevitably arise when we combine families and, and certainly the in-laws and, and then we'll talk about how we can deal with that. Sure. Sure. I mean, you know, I, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, you, you know, the old adage, you can uh, pick your friends and you can't, you can't pick your family or your relatives. And that's kind of what's going on here. Love them or hate them. You're going to have to uh, somehow navigate your relationships with your in-laws. Um, a couple of things I've seen over the years is for a lot of couples, particularly if they're, if they're newly, newly married or getting engaged is you're dealing with culture shock. And what I mean by that is each family has their own culture. You know, their own ways of doing things, their own ways of handling holidays, whatever that is, their own traditions. And the challenge, I think, for, for a lot of couples is how do we meld those? We ha- how do we meld those? And then how do we divvy them up between us, how we're going to follow and what we're not going to follow over time? You know, as we have kids or, we, get, or it's, we have to travel 800 miles to go to somebody's house for Christmas. You know that that become the serious kind of conversations that that folks have, and then and then there's the other challenge of, you know, if you have in laws, your parent, your 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 parents, uh, your partner's parents, uh, you know, they can kind of push your buttons because they remind you of your parents, or you like them more than your parents, or you feel like they're critical or they're micromanaging. All the things that can happen in your own family can get triggered here. And what's really hard about this, though, is the fact that while you kind of learn the steps in your own family about how hard can you push your dad, you know, what do you do when your brother starts to get into the sulk about something else, you don't know the rules of engagement with these new folks. And that's something you need to discover. It's something that you're going to have missteps about. It's something that you're probably going to need to use your partner as a consultant about just to kind of figure out how far can I go and how much can I push. And this becomes a challenge. And then because people are people, you know, the people on the other side of the fence, your in-laws have expectations about you and how you're going to fit in and, you know, how happy they were that you married their son, daughter, brother, whatever it was. And that takes a, that takes time to unravel. That takes time to kind of re, renegotiate what those expectations are. It takes time for them to... Uh, get used to who you really are rather than their image of what they hoped you would be. And so all this is kind of at the front end, you know, and it takes, it takes uh, a long time for some cases, you know, it takes a couple of years to kind of work through all this kind of stuff. And then you also have to deal with your own partner who's kind of caught in the middle of all this, who's trying to kind of walk between both sides of the fence, who feels pressure from his or her family, as well as trying to accommodate their partner. And so, Again, this is where it all becomes this kind of uh, quagmire of uh, relationship dysfunction. I can imagine, like you mentioned uh, when you first started uh, addressing this issue, is that your partner has been dealing with these issues with their their family for their whole life. So they know how to address it. So it's like a brand new 
uh, family dynamic when you're coming in and you're not used to um, how your in-laws act. And so I imagine that's just, that can be hard for some people because especially if maybe they're um, not used to the way the in-laws act or it's just different than their family, like the culture, I imagine that can be a huge adjustment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, you know, and, and this is where it kind of dovetails into your own relationship with your partner. You know, uh, you know, I've, I've met couples, you've probably met couples where, you know, my partner hasn't talked to his brother for four years, you know, for whatever reason, you know, they haven't talked because of some fight they had four years ago, you know, and as, and as the new person on the block and the outsider who's trying to create a better family thing, you're, you know, you start nudging your partner to go, why don't you go talk to your brother or why don't we invite him for Thanksgiving? And he's saying, or she's saying, I don't want to do it. You know, leave me alone. You don't understand. And then it's kind of, again, it starts to backslide into the relationship itself. You know, how do, how much can I speak up here? How much can I, how much is it your problem and not my problem? As well as what you're saying, you know, how do I learn to navigate my own relationships with all these in-laws? And, you know, and, and people are people. So you're attracted to, you know, the, the one sister-in-law is great. You know, one brother-in-law is great. The other one is kind of, I don't know, quiet or he talks too much about hunting and you don't have anything in common. Or you really like your mother-in-law, but your father-in-law, you know, he has these attitudes that kind of bother you. And yet, and you have to adjust. And you have to adjust to it. And that's, again, it's a big challenge. How can we make that adjustment uh, smoothly? So how can a partner be supportive uh, when, let's say, hey, you're coming over and, and it's the, the third year that you're going to Thanksgiving, you don't necessarily get along with your in-laws or, or it's just kind of like you deal with it. How can the, the primary partner um, that's blood uh, related to these these uh, lovely in-laws, how can they make that transition uh, more comfortable? How can they make it easier? Well, sure. And that's, and that, and that yeah, you know, the, the, the key first is be able to have honest communications about this, you know? So, you know, if you're the outlaw and you're really tired of driving the 800 miles to Thanksgiving every, every year, you know, can you have that kind of conversation with your partner? You know, can you say, can we do something different or can we cut it short or can we fly instead of drive? But what do you need? Now, again, now we're back to what's the problem in the, you know, in the marital relationship? Well, they need to be able to communicate, you know, and they need to feel safe to be able to speak up about it without the other person getting defensive or getting controlling or all that part. You know, for the other person, they need to be sensitive to the fact that, yeah, this person's kind of coming into a new culture. And, you know, you've learned over 30 years or 20 years or whatever it is to adjust and adapt and accept or not accept. And this person's, you know, a stranger in a strange land. And they're going to have to step up and learn how to do that. So you want to be emotionally supportive about that. You know, when I see you know, every year when the holiday season is coming on, we're starting to get towards Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I'm seeing couples or families. I'm going to go, okay, what's, you know, what's got to go down for this holiday? You know, what do you guys need to kind of survive. And this is where we kind of talk real practical stuff where they go, okay, this year, you know, instead of sleeping on the, on the, on the inflatable mattress in a living room in your mother's house, can we spring for a hotel room, you know, just to give us our own space, just so we can kind of get out of the house for overnight, you know, or this is where we're going to 
check in with ourselves, each other every two hours and go, how you doing? <laughs> how you doing with your mom? How you doing with my sister? Do we need a break? You know, should we go to the grocery store for three hours and buy the milk and eggs? You know, again, and the idea here is you want to you want to cover each other's back, and you want to be able to go to work as a team, so it doesn't become overwhelming. And again, that's it's easy not to do that because you get caught up, you know, going out to the garage and hanging out with your brother for six hours, and your you know your partner's kind of stuck in the house, you know, talking to the sister-in-law or the mother-in-law that they don't get along with really well. So you got to you got to work this out, and that's about planning. It's about sensitivity. And it's about everybody speaking up. The stronger your relationship is going in, obviously, that the easier it's going to be to navigate these things. But by having that that communication open, I like that checking in. You know, the holidays are hectic. The family's there. Kids are running around, and yeah, you, like your partner, that the outlaw can can get uh can get like cornered by the the drunk uncle or something and 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 they might just be having like this disastrous time whereas you know so like just being aware of that or 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 maybe not like jumping in like you got to rescue them like every single time but like checking in that can be so valuable like hey how's it going you know like and then in that way the communication is open um one of the things that that you uh have talked about in in one of your articles is is being proactive as the uh the non blood related uh, partner here and and I really like that and can you maybe talk a little bit about sure. being proactive in the family dynamic yeah I, again what's one of the challenges is once you kind of get plunked in the middle of this new family culture it's easy to kind of shut down you know you just kind of go with the flow or you kind of get a little bit overwhelmed, or you don't want to rock the boat, or any of the above. And so, you know, ultimately, what I think what you're trying to do over time is you want to develop your own relationship with each of these people. You know, rather than just be the add-on, rather just than just being the wife or the husband of, you know, the relative, you, you you want to take a step up and, and develop your own relationship. So you may do this by, you know, do one-on-one stuff, you know, go do one-on-one things with your sister-in-law while you're visiting at Thanksgiving, you know, offer to go with her kids and your kids to something, you know, and spend a few hours together. Um, or, you know, or, or, or with your, you know, send a separate email to your father-in-law. After the holidays, thanking him for whatever he did over at Christmas. Again, this helps kind of break out that, you know, the sense that relatives have of you're a unit. And we, we only kind of think that way. And we like the one person, not so much the other one or whatever it is. So, so do that proactively. The other part of it is, is to, you want to shape the relationship as part of that. You know, so the example I used in that article you're talking about is, you know, if your brother-in-law goes on and on and on with 500 hunting stories that you have no interest in, change the conversation. You know, proactively step up. Don't cut them off. You don't have to be rude. But, you know, let them know about things that you're interested in. Let them know about your hobbies. Let them know about your kids or about your job or something else, rather than just kind of sitting there and enduring it. And so the theme here is being able to shape, shape a relationship, let people know, not in a nasty way, but let people, shaping it and let people know about you, let them know what you like, let them know what, 
you don't like. And if it does happen where you get the drunk uncle who actually, you know, says something offensive or hurts your feelings or whatever, maybe not in the middle of it and you want to wait till he's sobered up. But at some point, you may want to circle back on that. You know, like I say, May, you should. Uh, because that's part of, again, you don't want to just endure this kind of stuff. You know, this is where people put up with stuff for a long time and it just builds up resentment. And the problem with not being able to talk about stuff, not being able to get problems on the table is if you avoid conflict, you tend to replace it with distance. And so we don't talk, you know, or I stop going to Thanksgiving because the uncle's going to be there. You don't want to do that. I mean, I've met families, you've probably met families where, you know, they have these 20 year feuds, you know, and, you know, I was talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago, they, you know, the, the parents live in a house and right next door to them is the daughter and the daughter got married 20 years ago. And 20 years ago, they had a feud about some family business thing with her husband. And now they haven't talked. I mean, they literally live next door to each other, but they haven't talked. The daughter is kind of caught in the middle. And just so she doesn't upset her husband, you know, she's kind of hanging out more with, her husband's family and essentially cut off from her own family because she doesn't know how to navigate being in the middle. You don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, you don't, you know, what's the best people can do is you step up. You know what, you know, even if, if, the, if the brother-in-law doesn't want to talk to the parents because he has hard feelings, the parents need to reach out, you know, and make an effort and offer the olive branch. It doesn't mean they cave in. It doesn't mean they, you know, do me a culpa, but it does mean that that's the best they can do is to kind of keep blinds, of communication going, you know, and you see what happens. What we're trying to do here is change the climate. You know, we're not trying to get people to be different. We're not trying to fix somebody who's got a big problem. What we're trying to do is just change the climate in the relationship. And the way you do that, says I, is you do what you would do with other people. You know, if somebody on your job got their feelings hurt because they misunderstood something you said, You'd probably circle back and go, hey, you know, I'm sorry if I seemed like I was giving you a hard time, you know, but I was just feeling blah, 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 and I didn't, whatever's, and I'm really sorry. You do the same here. I think it's so important, like you said, to be able to communicate and going back to being proactive, I'm sure it would make a huge difference to your partner if they saw that you were being proactive with their family, because it would probably mean a lot to them for them to know that you were trying to build a relationship with their family so that it you don't oh, just sure. seem like uh, you, you only an, interact with them when your partner's around. So I'm sure that would be so helpful. And do you mind talking a little bit more about expectations in the relationship with the in-laws and going just a little bit more deeper on um, when it comes to oh, sure. uh, maybe holidays or um, get-togethers, maybe how to have that conversation about what to expect from your partner um, so that everything goes smoothly. Yeah. I always say to folks, you know, if you're anxious about some something coming up, some situation, your best defense is a good offense. And your best offense is is kind of planning something out. You know, so you kind of anticipate it rather than waiting till you're stuck in the middle of it and you're overwhelmed or unhappy. You know, so the expectation part is, you know, how how is this going to be? You, you know, I mean, this is what, you know, it's not different than, you know, couples who plan a vacation. 
you know, while they're sitting around the living room kind of talking about the vacation, usually they start talking about, okay, what I'd like to do on this day is I'd like to do this, or, you know, I don't want to spend, you know, 12 hours driving to Disney World if we could break it up into two days, whatever that is. You want to do the same thing here. You know, you want to kind of go, okay, you know, I'm worried we're going to be there for three days, you know, and I am worried everybody's going to, the kids are going to start to get irritable with each other because they're not going to sleep well at night. Or, you know, I know your family drinks a lot more than my family does, and I kind of get worried that it's going to get whatever's. And you start talking about that. You know, and you come up with a plan, you come up with escape hatches, you come up with whatever. You know, when I was talking before, one of the things are <laughs> part of it is having a sense of humor, too. But I remember uh, in, early in my marriage, we would have these big Thanksgiving gatherings with my wife's family. But she had a large family because she was part of the, she had six, five, five or six brothers and sisters. And a tradition that kind of developed is all the outlaws, you know, all the, all the, all the, all the, mm-hmm. the, the folks like me who were, you know, the outlaws to the family, we would all go out together. We would, we would all, we would all get in the car and go somewhere. And then we would all just kind of complain about, the family, you know, we would complain about the mother-in-law, whatever. And because we were all bonded around that, you know, we always, you know, we talked about how that side of the family never said they're wrong. We never did this, but it helped kind of create this old sub-bonding tribe. <laughs> and it was really helpful. You know, it was really helpful to kind of feel like you're not alone. So you can do this with your partner, but you can also do it with, you know, the other outlaws in the family, especially for that. But you plan it out. You plan it out. So you're not, so you're not overwhelmed. Communicating uh, and managing the expectations is, is such a huge thing in, in all aspects of the relationship, but especially like in-laws and, and family. And, and it's just amazing how, you know, rather than arriving at that, that family weekend and then just being in the midst, even if it's like the first time meeting the family and then you're just suddenly in the midst of like, whatever level of chaos there is and, and dealing with it at the moment, it's going to be difficult. Like you're not maybe even going to be able to get private time. Whereas if beforehand you can, and say it's, it's later on in, in the relationship and you know what to anticipate as a couple and you personally might be not okay with certain things that have gone down in the past. So, so communicate that and put together a plan and like even say like, Hey, but because it's hard to maybe get quiet time, maybe like there's a signal or something like, you know, like, Hey, I don't know, like some Morse code or kick them on the, under the table, (laughs) something (laughs) nice. But, but that, that, uh, cause I think that that's a a big issue too, is that it's just hard to communicate once you're there. Like, obviously you can't talk about the in-laws in front of them. Um, and then everyone's around and you're crammed on the airbed in the living room, like you said. So, so it can be a a really valuable thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I I want to make it as, as concrete as possible. You know, that's where I say to people, you know, go sneak off into the bathroom and give each other a hug. You know, just to, you know, just to kind of reconnect, you know, if you go through a whole day of kind of getting scattered, you know, or, or do, you know, like I said, volunteer to go to the grocery store and, you know, get the milk or the potato chips and take your time, you know, just, just to kind of get out of the house, you know, or you let everybody know that you're going to go for a morning run, you know, before breakfast and give them a heads up 
Because if you don't give them a heads up, they're going to get their nose out of joint because they already had plans for whatever and traditions. But you'll let people know. You know, that's the proactive part. You know, we like to take time in the morning or in the afternoon to go for a run before dinner so they don't go, where the heck are you going? You know, we're, we're going to play Scrabble. What's up? You know, and so, so kind of map it out. The, the other thing that kind of came to mind while, you, while you're talking is what also gets, gets to be a challenge is it's kind of like what happens with step families. You know, where as a step parent, how much say do I really have ultimately about your kid? Now, in some couples, it's really balanced and whatever, but particularly at the beginning of a relationship, like as, as a step parent, you get this kind of dicey thing where how much say do I really have? And oftentimes, you know, you as a parent have the final word. You know, the same thing happens here. You know, if I'm encouraging you to talk to your brother who you haven't talked to for three years, you know, I do my best and I explain why, but at a certain point, you got to go, okay, you got the final word and this is kind of your problem. And again, as a couple, you want to be able to kind of talk about that, you know, rather than getting into this tension of, why don't you just leave me alone and get off my back about it? You don't understand my brother. Explain your concerns or, you know, but also know when to back off, know when to back off and, you know, realize, okay, this is not my problem and I can do the best I can and still form my own separate relationships. It's funny how much dread and, and like I said, it's, just, it's so much portrayed in, in pop culture, like going to the in-laws or, or the, the family. I'm, I can think of several really good movies that focus on yeah. this. But like you said, like we can change the narrative on this and be proactive. We don't have to. I'm looking at it definitely like within the relationship and we want that to be good. But even as you go in and yeah, they might not be the best people to be around, but, but make it entertaining for yourself. Like be super nice and, and they can just be their curmudgeon selves, but like you don't have to let that uh, ruin a, a weekend or, 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 or just come in with all this dread. Because the reality is, like you said, we, we can pick our friends, but not our family and family is important. And, and we need to cultivate those relationships and on on like another level is communicate with your family like we're talking about communicating with our partners and and that's important but if there's something that that your in-law is doing or maybe it's even like your own parents um is communicate to them directly in, in an appropriate way hey you know when you do this it bothers me and and or whatever but but you don't have to be a victim um in these situations Sure, and it, it, you, yeah, and the other thing that comes to mind, uh, yeah, and the other side of that too, because I'm pretty behavioral, is in part of you know you want to carve out your own relationship with the with each person as you can. The other thing that I think helps build that is create shared experiences. You know, so this is where you know I remember again early in my marriage, uh, I I volunteered to go with my brother-in-law to help move his mother out of her home. She was going to move. But I volunteered to, you know, drive this U-Haul truck down to Florida or someplace, you know, and we helped her move. We cleaned out her apartment. It was just he and I, you know, we, we, we put, we put the mom on a plane and we stayed behind and cleaned out the apartment, but it was a bonding kind of experience. You know, we shared doing that together, you know, or you do go hunting with your brother-in-law who hunts and, you know, you what you're doing is you're you're creating your own relationship, but you're also creating your own shared experiences and memories. 
And that's an important part of building a relationship. You know, it's not just kind of taking out the tweaks and the cracks and, you know, talking about different things. But if you can do things and have some kind of shared experience, that kind of stuff is goes a long way in just kind of building that separate relationship. That's a great point because, yeah, as a as an outsider to the family, like your history is pretty much at zero when you come in. Right. And so it's like, yeah, all right, absolutely. you can exhaust the topics to talk about pretty fast. And, and then, yeah, that, that shared experience. I think that's something that, uh, I would, I would like to do, um, more with, with, uh, cause I have step families and I have, I have, um, Sarah's family and, and we, we get along, but it, like you said, like even if you get along, you can make the relationship a, a lot more uh, meaningful and a, a little bit deeper if you can create like a, a your own unique history together. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it ain't gonna happen overnight, you know. But you know, you plan to go out with your brother-in-law for two hours when you're hanging over for Christmas or something, you know, or do something outside of the holidays, you know, um, you know, when you're in town, you know, go out to dinner with them by yourself. Something, you know, or some kind of activity, go skiing, <laughs> whatever it is, you know, again, just to kind of expand the relationship. Hey, and, and the other thing it helps you do is you, you get to see yourselves outside of that big family context, you know, where actually have the one-on-one, you see each other in a different environment, and it gives you a different perspective on what they're really like. You may not like them as much. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you go know, the other way, I assume, but hopefully, it, you know, it, it helps you kind of you get, you create some depth to the relationship. Well, you're a good man for having uh, driven the U-Haul down to Florida. <laughs> so that, that's like the extreme I got, version. I, I, I got brownie. I got karma points. Yeah, for that. I was going to say. I bet your wife yeah, really yeah. appreciated that. <laughs> well, the last thing, Bob, that I want to I want to talk about before we wrap up here is um, we. You mentioned the story about the the family that lived next door to each other and didn't talk, and this is such a it seems like a common thing in families and that there's these oftentimes silly, ridiculous feuds and and it's just hurtful really to, to everyone involved. How can that be addressed, whether you're the person in the feud or the partner of the person in the feud, how can, how can we sort of like tackle that and try to move forward with open communication to end uh, something silly well, again, I, my, my, and I was, what I said before, you know, my default mode is what's the best you can do? And, and everybody kind of knows what the best you can do is. Now, I mean, where couples get stuck in this Hatfield-McCoy stuff is they're waiting for the other guy to make the first move. You know, I ain't going to do it if they ain't going to do it and whatever. And so, no, the best you can do is try to change the process. You know, I've seen, you know, families, you know, not even with in-laws, where there's cutoffs. You know, where, you know, somebody hits 35 years old and now they they realize they're looking back on their childhoods and they realized how their view of it was different than what they imagined. And they're angry at their parents and never talked to me again. I can't remember that time in the eighth grade. You didn't do this. And I and I see these parents and they go, we don't even stay, understand what's going on. And so it's back to what can you do? And so what you can do is you send an email or, you know, they said, never talk to me again. And, and, and the bind for these folks is you, you don't, if you, if you pester them about it, they, they say, there you go again, you're not listening to me. 
I said, don't talk to me. The other side of it is you, want, you have to have a way of keeping the door open. So what I say is you do the best you can. You go, I am so sorry about whatever's. Again, you're not going to grovel. You're not going to be the, the, you know, the take, you know, do the mea culpa thing. But you're going to say you're sorry because something got screwed up. You know, somewhere along the line, your intentions were misinterpreted and the other person got hurt. That's what you're apologizing for. It's not about facts. And then part B is you offer the olive branch and you, you know, you say you'd like to be able to talk about it. You know, you understand, you're not going to argue about whose reality is right. Again, you don't want to get into the weeds of the facts. You know, Tuesday versus Wednesday, don't even go there. You want to do, you want to heal by talking about emotions that the person was hurt or they're angry. And even when they talk about strong emotions about being angry, what I always say to folks, what's underneath that is real hurt. And you talk about that. And you help them understand why you did what you did in terms of worry, not in terms of being right. And then you try to keep the door open. You know, you see what kind of response you get, you know, and across the yard, you wave at them and they'll ignore you, you know, or you send them a Christmas card to the kids in the family or whatever it is, but you want to make the efforts because at some point the opportunity may change. You know, I, I grew up in a, you know, my, my, my dad was one of six in an Italian family. He would have these 20 year feuds for, I, I, uncles I'd never seen growing up. <laughs> they would have these 20 year feuds and then they'd, somebody would die and they would go to a funeral and then they would start talking and they would make up. Of course, what happened as soon as they made up is somebody else was out. You know, the two brothers were now talking, but now they were angry at the sister, so they didn't talk to the sister now for 10 years. So they had these rotating things. But you want to, but if you don't keep the door open in some kind of way, that makes it harder to do. Not because the other person is still angry, but it's just so darn awkward. You know, how do I, if you haven't talked for 20 years, how do you start talking? So you keep the door open. You know, you send the Christmas cards, you check in with them. And if they say, absolutely, leave me alone, then you back off. That's the best you can do. Best you can do. Those are excellent tips. And yeah, just sometimes you just got to be the bigger person and and initiate that uh, that healing. And, and last thing before we finish, why do you think families retreat into this from, from a psychological standpoint? Why, why are there so many of these family feuds? Well, well again, I, um, when, when, when I work with, with families and couples, one of the things I talk about is emotional wounds. And I'll give you the abridged version of that. But the idea with emotional wounds, and it's it's not a not something I developed, is that everybody's sensitive to certain things in a negative way, and usually it's one of five things. It's their sense of being criticized, or they're sensitive to being micromanaged, they're not being appreciated, they're not being heard, or they're feeling dismissed, or they're not getting enough attention. These are big wounds. You learn this in your childhood, and these are the things that particularly push people's buttons. This happens in a marital relationship. This happens in families where, where, you know, that unexpectedly or not maliciously, the other guy pushes these buttons. You know, so in the family I was talking about where they live next to store to each other, where they had this business fall apart thing, the brother-in-law was really hurt because he felt like he was dismissed. I mean, he literally, he was dismissed, but he, he felt like his ideas and the business and whatever were not counted in any kind of way. So he felt not appreciated, and he felt dismissed. And this was an old, old psychologically, I think this is an old, old wound, wound of him. 
for him, it was particularly with his in-laws. It could have been anybody. But this is the stuff that really pushed his buttons. And now what happens when you do this is you do what you did when you were a kid, which is either pull away, get angry, or you walk on eggshells. And he got angry, and he kind of gets stuck in that. And so the psychological part is, you know, how do I learn to navigate my wounds better? How do I learn not to be so sensitive to them? How do I learn to be more flexible? But people who, who, do, who don't learn how to do that and get stuck with these old wounds and these little kid kind of thinking, they do these cutoffs. You know, rather than dealing, I just get right and I wait for the other guy to repair it. And now it becomes a standoff. It becomes a blink contest. And again, you know, how do you break it is you blink. <laughs> you know, it's as simple in order as that. Yeah, yeah. Take the time to uh, just be introspective and, and figure out what those emotional wounds are. And then uh, you'll have such tremendous healing if, if you do it for yourself. And then you can in, communicate that to, to that, the, your dad or, or the in-law that... Absolutely. that that, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. I, what, I, what I always say when I kind of give this speech to like couples is this has nothing to do with the other guy. You know, whatever that wound is, they got they got triggered for you. This is absolutely not about the other guy. This is about you. And the problem is how you respond to it, how you handle it just doesn't work anymore. It doesn't fit the big world. It's not flexible enough. So you're cha- and if you don't want to keep getting rewounded in relationships. You need to change how you, how you respond. Part A of that is you need to let other people know, like your partner, what is it you're particularly sensitive to? You know, we're not going to argue about whose reality is right. We're not going to argue about whether you're too sensitive about anything. But if I'm sensitive to not being appreciated, as, as your partner, I need to ramp it up, even though it's a little bit outside my own culture and my own comfort zone, because I don't want you to feel, continually feel rewounded by that. And you need to know what my wound is which is I don't like being micromanaged and you go, got it. So I'm not going to tell you how to drive the Walmart because I know that pushes your butt and we're going to cut a deal about that. But the other part is now I need to learn how to respond differently to it. And that's the bigger challenge. How do we learn to become more flexible? How do we learn to get out of that little kid mindset? How do we heal that wound by doing now what I couldn't do when I was a kid? And that, and you're right. That's where you have to do the introspection and figure out what's, what's this about me. Out of all the problems in the world, I'm the one who's choosing this one. It's a challenge, but it, it is something that is definitely worth doing. Like a, a lot of things we talk about on the show, it, it, relationships with, with our spouse, our partner, with our in-laws, these things take work, but it is uh, work that is worth doing. So, Bob, you've given us and our listeners a lot of great advice for how to navigate that next trip over to the in-laws and, and uh, make it a good one. Don't, don't dread it. Come in with these tools and make it a good one with your in-laws and with your partners. So let's finish up by having you tell our listeners where they can find you online and then we'll say goodbye. Okay. So I have a website. It's my name. It's Bob Taby, B-O-B-T-A-I-B-B-I.com. So you can find information there about me. Um, it tells you about services. It also has articles that I've written. And then I do have that blog on psychology today. It's called uh, Fixing Families. It's under my name, Bob Tapey. And there's about, I don't know, 200 articles there um, on a whole bunch of topics from anxiety to in-laws to parenting to whatever. And you can check it out. 
Awesome. Well, we will link to uh, your blog as well as your website on your show notes page on our website at idopodcast.com. And our listeners know to go to check out all the resources that you've provide us, provided us with today. So thanks again for coming on the show. We greatly appreciate oh, it. Oh, you're welcome. I enjoyed this. Thank you. We hope you guys enjoyed today's show. If you want to check out the show notes or the interview links from today's show, head on over to our website at idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab and you'll see this interview up at the top, followed by all of our other past interviews. And while you're on our website, check out our 14-day happy couple challenge. We send you a daily email with doable challenges to help strengthen and make your relationship even better. And on our website, we also have a bunch of free resources in the form of downloadable guides and workbooks. Um, So for example, uh, some of the topics include how to cultivate respect in a relationship, how to heal from a bad breakup, step-by-step guides to help couples manage conflict, Uh, how to affair-proof your relationship. Those are just a few of the topics that we talk about uh, in these free guides. So if any of those sound interesting to you, you can check those out on our website at idopodcast.com. We hope you guys enjoyed today's show. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com